When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, and welcome to another edition of Penguins 24-7. I'm Taylor Haas. This is Danny Shirey. We are coming to you live from PPG Paints Arena. We'll be taking uh, your questions in the comments for the next uh, 20 minutes or so. If you're watching on Twitter, uh, you'll have to go onto Facebook or YouTube to leave a, a question. If you put it in the comments, we'll see it. We can put it on the screen. Uh, and I don't know if you can see, you can see the scoreboard behind us. That's 4-2 Islanders over the Penguins. It was basically the same game that was played in Long Island on Friday night with a few things intermixed there. Yeah. Um, Malkin even said, you know, same story as the game in Long Island the other night. Mike Sullivan uh, put it well. You know, he called it a game of stakes. They have to try to limit the egregious ones. They said instead of trying to find a way to win, they found a way to lose, which is, yeah, how these these past couple games, especially those against the Islanders, have gone. Yeah. Tristan Jari back. What do you think of him and his, his return? Yeah, I, I thought he was okay, but then it, it like it, he had, for having played in two of the last eighteen games, I thought he played a pretty strong game. But when you're going up against Ilya Sorokin, who's yeah. probably been the best goalie in the league this season, there's basically no room for error. And Mike Sullivan even said himself, he's like he probably you know if, if Jari was in you know midseason form and in game shape and hadn't missed so much time, those are probably a pair of goals there at the end that. He, probably wouldn't have liked to give up if, if that were the case. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Justin says, same thing, different night. Ryan says, hi, Taylor. Hi, Danny. What happened tonight to the team? We need to play better Thursday and the rest of the season. Yeah, just uh, if you're just joining us, game of mistakes, same uh, same thing that happened against the, the Islanders on Long Island just a couple days ago. Um, I mean, where do you start? I mean, Jari, the, the turnover. He typically does not do that. Mike Sullivan even said when he's at his best, Allowing those late goals like that isn't the thing that you see from him. Yeah, um, it, it, it's. I, I'm trying to think of something like new or profound to say here, but it's we we've gone over all this ad nauseum. They they played well for stretches. They made some mind numbing errors at like the worst possible times, and then when you're not getting a a a plus goaltending when you're going up against Ilya Sorokin, I mean that those kinds of things can happen. Yeah. Uh, Javante says not even mad anymore, disappointed, <laughs> like what you're saying. You know, running out of things to say about this team. Um, let's see. Uh, disappointed. Hales, we got goalied. Why does Sully keep playing Carter? And where is Hextall? I mean, Hextall's at every game. Hextall's here. I don't know what he's doing. Hextall uh, was uh, actually chumming it up with Lou Lamorello after the game. So that's... You... He, he's been talking to a lot of uh, visiting GMs that, that are in town. I know this that... Um, when Colorado was in town a couple weeks ago. Um, Hextel was actually in the uh, management box, Colorado's management box, talking with you know, GM scouts. I don't know who all was here from them, but um, and, if that's and, just hanging out or if that's talking well, yeah, about the I, I was just going to add the caveat from the elevator ride that I, I saw this. It was merely looked like just a couple of buddies catching up. Blue Lamoreau um, saw him, patted him, and they started chatting. But it was it was really short-lived, and I, I wouldn't expect these two teams to be striking up any sort of deal anyway. 
Yeah, uh, to the first point, why does Sully keep playing Carter? Their hands are, I mean, pretty tied at this point. Um, when Ruta comes back, they can't afford to keep, they have to send two skaters down. Right now, with Takarski going down, they would have had the cap space to call up someone, but that doesn't solve the problem who's going to play center. Um, O'Connor, they've been pretty clear that they'll prefer him as a wing over a center. Well, even if they liked him as a center, he's got to go down. Yeah, it, he, he's probably going to go down because he's the only skater right now who is exempt from waivers. So when Ren Ruder comes back, which seems like it's going to be soon, it feels like he's been closed for two weeks now. Um, it almost kind of feels like the Teddy Bluger situation earlier in the year, though, when like Bluger was like, okay, it seems like he's going to be back. It seems like he's going to yeah. be back. And then now the same thing's kind of happening with Ruda. I'm not saying that Penguins are circumventing the cap, but like it, <laughs> these timelines here that we've seen multiple times this season are at least making you raise a couple of eyebrows. Yeah, uh, I mean, Paling, when he, if whenever he comes back, uh, he can play center, but even then we're not really sure when he's going to be back. He, he's, he's day-to-day. Yeah, he, he comes back, plays a stretch of games, then he misses a stretch of games, then he comes back, says he's feeling good, he's about to be back in the lineup, and then he doesn't play for another week. So it's, yeah. it's hard to rely on him the, the same way so many people are like, oh, you can't rely on Jari, he's always hurt. It's, it's kind of like the same thing with Paling right now. I know it's a completely different circumstance, but it's the same thing. It's like you want to maybe – start making different arrangements for someone else to take over for Carter, but you can't even rely on maybe the bottom six's best contributor this season in Paling to be in the lineup. Yeah. Tony says, what can you do? Top six are scoring, bottom six don't. Yeah. It's, it's hard. I mean, trade deadline, March 3rd, uh, ideally improving the bottom six would be a priority there. But again, there's not really a lot of guys that they can move out from the bottom six. Carter, no movement clause. Uh, Kapanen and McGinn don't have protection officially, but the protection is just that I don't know who would want them at this point when they're playing the way they are and their cap hits what they are, but the term they have. Right. The, the problem is that it's like, okay, the Penguins, you're you're buying at the deadline, right? So mm-hmm. why should us team take in a player from you if this player is actually good enough to help you go on any sort of meaningful run, right? Yeah. Uh, I think this is Dan commenting, scratch Drew O'Connor, that'll do it. <laughs> I mean, Drew O'Connor might have to go down when everyone's healthy. They could waive Danton Heinen send him down. Danton Heinen two goals in his last 37 games, I think it is. I, and I and I'd still argue to get him in the lineup over Brock McGinn at this point, even though McGinn kills penalties. I, I I'm not trying to go on some some Brock McGinn terror here. Brock McGinn has now gone 23 straight games without a point. As it hasn't even so much as picked up a secondary assist through osmosis of just being on the ice. Um, and then when I looked into this a little bit further during the game. Dating back to December 22nd or December 27th, excuse me, there have been 416 NHL skaters to play at least, uh, I believe it was 280 minutes during all situations. There's two players of those 416 who have not recorded a point. One of them is Brock McGinn. The other is Jack Johnson. The Penguins are paying them both this season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jack Johnson, if they had $1.9 million, uh, in cap space that they're spending on this buyout, that would uh, go a long way towards improving the bottom six. But, uh, yeah, there's they're kind of in a mess. Jim Rutherford left them with some of it. Um, Ron Hextall kind of exacerbated the problem. Yeah. It doesn't help that they don't have much that they can move on from as far as, like, picks and prospects. I, I've seen comments from, like, fans on Twitter and in the comments, like, you know, I'm – I. They're saying like, oh, you know, this might be a good idea to, you know, ship out Poulin and Legre for something. I don't think either of them have any trade value right now. Poulin, he's been gone for the last two and a half months on personal leave. I, 
yeah, you'd be moving on from Pula and it is lowest value. You'd have to be. I, I, I'm, I'm saying I don't, I don't know, you know, who, who knows if he's even going to come back at all. I don't, I, he doesn't really have any value to much, you know, many teams at this point. Not, not to be insensitive about the whole situation, but he, he's just not a good trade ship right now. And, and Lager is kind of taking a step back this season. He's playing on the fourth line and North Australia, not really producing uh, a whole lot. <laughs> he's, they're two of their better prospects, but they're, they don't have, not much that teams would want there. Right. Um, Brian, what can Sullivan do to try to fix this team? It seems like there isn't much he can do. Even if there was, is he willing to do it? We've been talking about moves that maybe Hextall can make, but what can like Sullivan do? Um, you know, I, as much as we sit here and blather about Jeff Carter playing on playing third line center, the there was a very, very tiny stretch earlier this year when they actually moved him to the wing and, and, jumped uh, Teddy Bluger up to third line center and that that just didn't last very long and for obvious reasons Teddy Bluger's got one goal all season tonight he had a, a shorthanded breakaway half the distance of the ice and at, at first when it was live I thought he made a decent move and, and Sorokin actually just turned him aside well Sorokin did turn him aside but then on, upon replay you go back and watch and Bluger he kind of goes in and he's like shimmying his wrists a little bit, but the puck just stays directly like in front of him, like squared with his body the entire time. It's just like, dude, you're, you're not going to score that way. And I, I get that, you know, when it rains, it pours. Um, anyway, I've really gone on a tangent here from the question, but yes, uh, you could put Teddy Bluger back in that spot, but I don't know that the results are going to be all that great in terms of goals. You might, you might control possession a little bit better and, have a better share of chances, but I don't know that it's going to have a, a grand impact. Yeah. Mike says he might need a break from the asylum. That's our comment section. <laughs> after, this, after this one, kudos to you two and DK for dealing with the many personalities of Penn's fan base. Yeah, some people can uh, go a little off the handle after games like this. Uh, Alex says, how can you give Jari a long-term extension? We can give two bad goals that end up being the difference. <laughs> the question of what to do with Jari, that's, uh, after, you know, he's, he's a free agent this season, is a, is a difficult one. Mike Sullivan did say um, after the game, you know, it's like the turnover, uncharacteristic of Jari. Part of it is just that he hasn't really played much at all um, over the past couple months just with his injury first game back. Um, yeah, I mean, I, he said he's going to expect Jari to get better and better with every, with every game he plays. Um but as far as an extension goes, I don't know what the goalie market's going to be like. You know, they I, might. Well, I, I don't know what the goalie market's going to look like, but they're they're heading down a very, very interesting path here. Because, one, you've got a guy who, over the past two regular seasons, has kind of solidified himself as one of the better goalies in the league. His postseason experience, well, that postseason series against the Islanders was one of the worst postseason series by a goalie in recent memory. And then you combine all that with the fact that he seems like he can't stay healthy all of a sudden it's like is this a guy you want to commit to but if you don't commit to a guy like that what are your other options and then what are you going to have to pay to get them yeah uh Kogan says have you seen Lemieux around anywhere I haven't have you no I have no. not um uh and then another ownership question uh the mad dude the, yes the mad dude since Fenway doesn't seem to know they own the Penguins they're Sully and Hexel and care of ownership if he isn't putting pressure on them to perform I I think like the reference, so they don't seem to know. I guess on their website, they don't have that they own the Penguins. Uh, I don't think the the, the webmaster at, at Fenway or their social people are really I, that. I, that doesn't matter to me. I don't. I, the, the Penguins aren't on the website. I so I've heard that Fenway they do communicate with um, someone from upper management after every game, um, just to talk about what's going on and kind of where things are with the team. So I think just because. 
we don't really see people from Fenway here. They've been here maybe a couple times all season. Um, but from afar, they are at least a little communicating with, with the team. I don't I don't know what kind of pressure they're putting on. Um, doesn't seem like they're really hockey people. No. And, and the other thing I just wanted to address from that comment is it seems like a lot of people at least are under the impression that like Sullivan and Hextall are, are cool with losing games and, and the state of the team. Like they're obviously not. Okay. These, these guys aren't just, you know, going about their business and win or lose. They're happy no matter what happens. They're still trying to compete here. Um, I, I just think there's a bit of a, a disconnect in the, in the urgency on the uh, front offices side. And then, you know, I've, I've been super critical of Mike Sullivan's, you know, lines this season, some of his deployment, and and I've even hollered about Jeff Carter remaining the third line center. But when you really look at what he was given, it's hard to give him, you know, anywhere near as much flack as, as Ron Hextall and the roster that he gave. Yeah. Dylan says, Taylor, I hope we know we respect you for pressing Sully about Carter's line no matter how mad he gets. So, yeah, people, we talked about it after the last game, but just Sully to talk about, you know, his impressions of the third line as of late and what he would do to change it. I uh, didn't like that question. <laughs> he said that you guys ask me this every day, which is uh, a very big exaggeration. He's not getting pressed on it every day. Um, but, uh, you know, he said his answer is the same. They have games that are uh, moments they've been good, moments when they haven't been good. Uh, I don't know the final totals ended up being in this one, but when I looked um, sometime like early in the third period, they were the only line that was being outshot at five on five when they were on the ice. So, and that yeah. and that came after that I believe it was the first period they had two separate shifts where I, I don't know that they created a whole lot I think they maybe had one or two good looks on the second uh, second shift that I'm referring to but they had two shifts where they spent a considerable considerable amount of time in the offensive zone even made a couple of nice plays some of those plays that might get a little risky high in the offensive zone but they did make a couple of nice um, horizontal passes to kind of find different lanes there. And, you know, they threw a couple pucks at net. Carter's always parked there, and, and they're basically just hoping something banks in off them at this point. Um, but anyway, so the fact the fact that they were outshot and, and outchanced after that point is just like yeah. – I, I don't know what to say. I feel like we, we've said all of this a million times, and it's 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 frustrating. Like, we, we try and find new things to say here, but this this quite literally is the exact same story we've been seeing for the majority of the season. Yeah, uh, Justin, he says, regardless of Jari making a couple of mistakes at the end, scoring two goals and 47 shots is not acceptable at the NHL level anyway. You slice it. Yeah, I mean, Sorokin is good, but um, yeah, this goes back to the power play. We took the power play. would have been nice if the power play had a good game, but uh, it seemed like at times, I mean, going on the power play kind of killed the momentum even with how bad they were at least like the first two right yeah. their their second goal actually came on the power play from jason zucker but obviously it was toward yeah. the tail end there and that was after i believe it was two or three power plays that just sucked the life out of the building and they they never even so much as really set up shop the basically the entirety of the power play was them poorly trying to enter the zone maybe making a pass here or there and then next thing you know they're chasing and they're cheating back to their own end to get the puck and do it all over again and that that was basically just the story of all their time on the main advantage. Yeah, Koken said too, it hurt missing Zucker for much of that third period, but what can you do when your energy guy is a top six score? Yeah, I mean, Zucker seemed like, you know, he was going to add some energy with that little scrum. Uh, he was like in the box hyping the crowd up. And it, I mean, the place was buzzing after that and it just seemed like that that little scuffle could have taken this team somewhere, but, uh, but it just... Well, yeah, and then and then you've got Evgeny Malkin firing haymakers into Ryan Pollock's head after he yeah. took a sucker punch from him. Um, 
it was nice to see that from the Penguins, but like so many people have pointed out, it's like, why is it only the top players on this team that do that? You even go back to earlier points in the year. It was like Marcus Pedersen, who's been one of their best defensemen all year. He's he's going up and what, what? yeah, he, he's, he's going up against heavyweights, right? Yeah. Um, and, and what really stood out to me after all this had transpired tonight, there was a point that Jake Gensel was getting into it with Scott Mayfield, who's got a good six inches on him, and I'd say probably a good 30 pounds, if not more. They'd been getting into it. Um, whistle ends up blowing. They both get sent off to the box. But before that happened, the two of them were kind of pushing and shoving right in front of the Islanders' net. Josh Archibald was on the ice, okay? Josh Archibald's the typical, you like think of him as your energy guy. You go out there and, you know, you don't expect him to beat anybody up, but you kind of expect him to go over there and grab somebody and be like, hey, don't touch the best winger on this team like that, okay? Yeah. Josh Archibald kind of skated over, kind of like Jeff Petrie did the other night after Miles Woods shoved the puck into the net after the whistle. Just kind of skated over there, and he was there, maybe said a couple of things, but nothing happened. And, and again, I, I'm not saying goon it up. I'm not saying make it violent hockey here, but like, why is it? Why is it just the stars? Yeah, I, I did think. Uh, yeah, it was, you mentioned Kulak. He like sucker punched Malkin in the middle of that scrum and then Malkin just started wailing on him. I thought it was funny. Malkin's wife, Anna and Son of Keita are here. Like, they, they sit right over there. Uh, I looked out and they both jumped to their feet like a block. <laughs> so, and Nikita loves it. But yeah, you don't really want uh, those guys to be the ones doing that. Malkin, uh, that roughing penalty though, did bring him within six minutes of tying Kevin Stevens for the Penguins' uh, all-time franchise penalty minute record. Kevin Stevens obviously got a little more fights to, to those numbers walking out to do it the hard way with a bunch of you know stick and fraction minors stuff like that uh ernie says can carter be sent down to wilkesbury scranton no he cannot uh full no movement clause that's different from a no trade clause no movement clauses also protect against uh assignments to the minors um he protects assignments to the minors and uh he's not going to get consent to doing that so there's no way to to get rid of him miss rodriguez Rodriguez is centered would be nice to have. Uh, I mean, I, with the state of like where Jeff Carter is right now, it, it makes you miss Derek Broussard probably through a Penguins fan by comparison. Right? Yeah, it, it, it's it's tough though because Evan Rodriguez straight up said he's like, yeah, I would have loved to come back and, and play here. It's like, yeah, oh, really? Yeah, I mean, well, it seemed like what happened with like not to go on a tangent about Evan Rodriguez is that like he was holding out for more money, and then by the time he realized he wasn't going to get that, the Penguins did not have any cap space left. So Rodriguez does have a little bit of blame there for, for the way things transpired. But, uh, I mean, he found himself in Colorado, probably not too, not too mad about that. Right. Another question from Jordan. I'm going to switch. We didn't bring back Regino and Hanger back. Might have been worth it to start the rebuild now. I know you've been on this a lot. <laughs> what does worth it really mean, okay? Starting the rebuild. You know how you go through a rebuild and, and do it properly? You suck real bad and, and get a top five draft pick. If you want the Penguins to be, I mean, I know they're. I, I know this sounds kind of silly because they are a mid-league team right now, but if you want to go ahead and, and trade this first-round pick that they've got, or if you don't want to trade this first-round pick that they have coming up, it's probably, if things don't get any better, it's going to be a, a mid-first-round pick, somewhere in the 14 to 18 range, we'll call it, okay? That player is not saving the franchise from inevitable doom down the line. That player, they could have another three picks in the first round and it wouldn't matter, okay? They're, this organization is so depleted of futures assets, it's not even funny. So the way I view it, 
if you have a chance to go on another run with Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Crystal Tang still playing this way at this point of their careers, you'd be insane not to try it. Yeah. Even if it means another first-round exit, I promise you, you would rather watch Sidney Crosby in a seven-game playoff series one more time rather than the Penguins finishing 24th in, in the league five years from now rather than 30th. Okay, things need to get awful before they're going to get better. So you might as well keep making a run while the Stars are still playing. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, even if you did move on from those two and keep the rest of the, the roster, they're not they're not a basement. They wouldn't be a basement team yet. So you're going to get the right. middling team. You're not really going to get the, the pick you want. Might as well just – they're not rebuilding until Crosby's gone. Um, to similar questions, Alex says, trying to look at this objectively. At what point did the Penguins look at punting on this season? Uh, other teams below them can't seem to gain any ground. This is very disheartening. And then Perennial says, when do we legitimately start talking about potentially selling uh, pending UFAs that likely won't or shouldn't be here next year? It's, it's not going to happen. Yeah, you wrote about this. They're not going to be sellers. And uh, the pending UFAs, Dumoulin, like, you, you can't, you're not selling Dumoulin. Like, you'd be paying no. someone to take Dumoulin off your hands. And the guys that you do want back, like, I mean, same with Bluger. Bluger's pending UFA. You probably have to pay someone to take Bluger for you. Um, Jari, Jari's not going anywhere. This thing's in a And then, like, the, guy, the guys that actually have term, like we talked about earlier, Kapanen or McGinn, it's like, how much value do they really have around the league? I can tell you it's not a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, to similar questions, uh, Murad says, is it even worth the trading picks and prospects at this point? There are just too many flaws in this team. It's going to take many trades and free agent signings to fix this. Yeah, they aren't one move away from being a contender. But I mean, if you can if you can package pick some prospects with someone like I don't know, like a captain and get rid of them and, and, and actually upgrade that position, then absolutely. But the we've we've talked about we talked about this earlier. The, they don't really have many prospects of value right now. Um, they got Pickering, Murray Shaw were probably the most appealing to other teams. Even like Yul Blanc was one of their best goalie um, prospects. He's had two concussions this year. He's been out since December. Lager has really taken a step back this year. Sam Poole has been away from the team since December. I, who knows if he's going to even come back. There's not much that they can do. I, I would absolutely be, mention this, like, include picks at this point. It, it, it's not going to matter. But um, similar question. So the Penguins should have Smith and Nylander since both are RFA at the end of the season. I don't, I don't think either of those players have much value as a rental. And, and the funny thing about Smith is that I, I bet his value, and this is not an indictment of, of where his performance is at at all, but I guarantee you Ty Smith has nowhere near as much value right now as he did when the Penguins acquired him. And that was after coming off a pretty disappointing sophomore season. Yeah. Uh, Max Chazad says opinions on Dumoulin lately. He's even better. He's been better. Um, I think I said this a couple times out on the California trip, though, better – it's not a very high bar to clear. Like, he was just so bad for stretches earlier in the season that him simply just getting by was like, oh, God, it's like Dumoulin's playing great now or he's playing fine now. Uh, you know, I, I've been watching him pretty closely, especially over these last couple games because he hasn't been sticking out with those poor plays. And you watch him, and he just – you don't see the kind of guy that you want out there on your top pairing going against top competition, right? And I, I know that he's never been some sort of offensive – prowess but the the ability to just make plays happen or, or get shots on goal when he's got the lane there or evading pressure in the corner in his own zone it's just it's such a tough task even if it 
it ends up going well, that particular sequence. It just feels like it's such a struggle. Not to mention he's laying all over the ice everywhere, getting knocked off balance. And he's, he's one of their bigger and sturdier guys they have there on the back end. And it's like you're just – Yeah. <laughs> Running along here, we'll try to take a couple more. Uh, Nathan says, when does the idea come across that the team's in better shape is shed the number one pick for cap space to ship out of contract? It's Hextall said that's not happening. Uh, I mean, like maybe you include the the number one pick in a in like an actual hockey trade. Uh, he didn't rule that out, but he said to ship out just like a, in a cap dump. He said it's not happening. Uh, ultra tough, ultra tough scene. It says, would Hextall ever consider trading Ruder as well as Kapanen to shed cap? Seems unlikely because they just signed both, but uh, they seem the easiest move. I don't think Kapanen's easy to move at all with a 3.2 million cap hit. Uh, the way he's been struggling as another year left on this. Now, Ruta, we've talked about that. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like Ruta could definitely be moved. Um, it, it makes this, it makes sense to move on from him. It's just an unnecessarily unnecessary luxury. But it's like, is is Hextall the kind of GM that would walk back on that kind of signing less than a season into it? I don't, I don't know that he is. Yeah, I mean, the he's signed to an okay term, uh, and you know, cap hit. That's just you know. He's still a good asset, even if we move him out. That's, that, it still wouldn't make it a bad signing. <laughs> Jordan says he normally dislikes people that work for the media and how many stupid questions they ask the players, but we're still in the best round. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Jordan. <laughs> uh, Frank says, can they take something radical and take two players from the top two lines to make a new third line if we were still this lineup? I don't know how good of an idea that would be when you'd be stapling two players to Jeff Carter. <laughs> yeah, it's... They've got to. They're they're gonna have to buck up, and like we said, we know options are limited, but realistically, they're gonna have to find a way to basically get Carter into a fourth line right wing goal or goal, or just put him up in the press box. If like that, that's just the way I see it. He, I'm I'm not even trying to be mean here or, or reactionary, but he's he's been one of the worst skaters in the NHL this year, and, and contending teams very rarely, if ever, have one of the worst skaters in the league anywhere in their lineup, let alone in the role that Carter's in. Yeah. Um, so finish this, this one from Brandon. Uh, how many fans do you think will show up in a couple of seasons? Fenway has deep pockets, but I imagine 6,000 fans a game. Pittsburgh's known in Canada to be a biggest fair weather hockey city. I mean, the teams have been on a pretty bad streak right now. This was a pretty good crowd. Um, and I think we've seen some attendance has been great this season. Um, some nights, it's, you know, week, weekday games against like Western opponents, but I, I think with the team, I don't think we're going to say like an X generation again, just because like the way the team is solidified in right. this market. I think uh, they're going to be in an okay spot. Yeah, and that's not something to worry about. It, and I think there are other factors here that, that have been going on with attendance, like t- who's going to spend some of the outrageous asking prices for these tickets to then come down here and deal with all the traffic around the arena to then watch this team who continues to do this right. So um, that was a little understandable, but I will say. When Zucker was hyping up the crowd when that skirmish was going on, I might argue that that was the loudest I've heard this building all season. It was yeah. loud in here. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But I mean, they've, they've had good crowds, even though this is probably the most disappointing stretch they've had in yeah. recent memory. Definitely uh, a couple of seasons. Uh, I don't know. Uh, 6,000 fans a game. I Kirill Tankov is going to be your number one center <laughs> with Sergei Mershov. And <laughs> uh, uh, they're going to be fine. Uh, we'll, we'll take one more. Brandon says, what's it going to take to scratch Jeff Carter? I don't see it happening. If it hasn't happened by now, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. I, I, I just, like, and I, I, I'm not ignorant to the fact that 
Sullivan and his entire staff are doing film review. But Sullivan straight up mentioned film review in one of his answers tonight. And I, it just immediately sent my mind to how can you be doing any sort of meaningful film review and not seeing Jeff Carter every single time he's out on the ice and thinking it's a massive problem and, and not doing anything about it? Yeah. Uh, Renis' retirement for Carter. Carter's 35-plus contract, which means if he retires, they get no uh, cap relief. So stop it. <laughs> That's... We've taken enough questions. We've run long. That's it for this one. Uh, if you're new here, we do these little live streams after every home game. Uh, some practices, some of the road games, depending on, on who's there. Uh, so thanks again for joining us. We hope you'll join us on future shows, uh, uh, episodes of 24-7. Uh, again, I'm Taylor Hawkins, Danny Shirey, signing off from PPG Paints Arena.